The Healthy Golf Podcast, Episode 55, The Monthly Mash. Welcome to The Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast. And this week is another installment of our monthly mash with myself and Andrew Roberts. Andrew, as always, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me once again, Joe. So it's been been a few weeks again since our last monthly match, uh, mash. There's been a few things that have uh, occurred since then. We've had the PGA Championship. We have seen Tiger again come out into the wild and uh, a continuing and growing feud between two top players on the PGA Tour. So why don't we first get started with, uh, let's do just a, a little recap of the PGA Championship, obviously won by Phil Mickelson. Pretty much incredible that he was invited, He a uh, special exemption basically, and he initially was said that he wasn't going to take it and then decided that he was going to, and then that obviously resulted in uh, a huge payoff and a win for him. Um, but what were your takes on kind of the course out at Kiowa and just overall play for that weekend? Well, um, not to correct you or anything, but the special exemption for Phil was for the U.S. Open this year, Torrey Pines. Oh, okay. He was, all, he was already qualified as a past PGA champion. He won at Walter Straw, I believe, in 2006. Um my take was, one, is this this course was brutal and everybody expected it, and it definitely delivered on the uh, the carnage factor, especially on the weekends. Um, I, I thought Kerry Haig and the PGA did, did an excellent job of setting this thing up. It was supposed to tip out at a little over 78, but I don't know if it ever played to 78. Um, obviously, they had a couple of par fours that were over 500, you know, one one of the par fives, I think, was over 600. I think it was 16. It was like 606, something like that. But, um, I mean, a great setup, absolutely outstanding setup uh, along the Atlantic Ocean. Um, obviously, the, the changes were dramatic. I mean, yes, you did hit, still have first and second cuts. But, you know, if you were quite a ways off the rough, I mean, you had Sandy Lies. They had, you know, bushes and things like that. And some of the players got caught in with some significant air and drives. But uh, I thought they did an outstanding job uh, with the course setup like they have the past few years. Last year with TPC Harding Park in San Francisco and then uh, Beth Page Black in uh, Farmingdale, New York, just north of New York City. Um, the shocker is Phil One. Not, nothing against that. He made history. But I think the shocker for most of us, uh, because a couple weeks prior, played at the Wells Fargo, shot seven under in the first round. In the last three rounds, they shot seven over combined. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it, 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 we didn't know what to expect. And obviously, you know, Phil bogeyed one, Brooks birdied one. So quick swing and a quick swing on two. Um, so, you know, Phil hung on there the entire day. I thought kind of the turning point for me was when Phil hold that bunker shot on five. I mean, that was not an easy bunker shot. And he made it look easy because he's Phil Mickelson. So, uh, but give credit to Phil coming down the end. Only made a couple mistakes. Thirteen 
uh, limited the damage at 17 after uh, drilling that five iron through the winds, um, kind of into the hay in the back, but um, and, and then did a great job on 18, uh, two putting for the par to uh, win by a couple shots. I think the other shocker was that uh, Brooks Kepka couldn't close it out. I thought after he birdied one, I thought Phil was going to be in for uh, quite a bit of trouble, but obviously playing the par five, three over on the front with the double on two with that terrible third shot, and then uh, just kind of hacking his way around seven, the other par five on the front. Um, and then at one point, I believe it was four over through 12 or 13, he managed to get it back to two over total. But, uh, uh, you know, one of the, the coolest victories of my lifetime. And, and, and to think about this, this is crazy. I mean, the 2021 PGA Championship, you know, Phil wins at 50. And then Tiger wins the 2019 Masters. Those are two things um, over these past few years for the game of golf that are really going to stick out to my mind. And they're going to be lasting images in, in the history of golf uh, for these two players. And I thought, <clears throat> you know, if, if Brooks didn't win it, I'm obviously a huge Brooks Kepka fan. But if Brooks didn't win it, it was, uh, it was fitting that, that uh, Phil won this, this championship. Um, and, uh, I mean, he had the crowds with him. He had everything going for him. So, um, and, and he was very focused the entire week. And uh, kudos to him for pulling that off. Yeah, I think it was great too to just see, even though it still wasn't normal, but back to somewhat normal crowd um, at a golf event, which is just great to see. And I'm sure that definitely ramps and revs the players up a little bit more um, and helps them play and or doesn't help them depending on, on how they take it. But um, it's also just good to see that. There was one thing that um, after Phil had won, he had mentioned... I don't know if this was a previous quote that he was just requoted again, or if it was actually right after the this past PGA win was he was talking about um, being healthy and fit and how he does like I think thirty six hour um, like fasts or something like that. I don't know the exact amount of time, but I just wanted to bring up that again, just because Phil Mickelson may do a 24 hour or 36 hour fast does not mean it's safe and or healthy for anyone else to do. Um, and even if he really does do that, I feel like that's a pretty long time to not, uh, give your body some sustenance, but if it's working for him, let him do it. But again, you know, if, if people saw that, I don't know if that's necessarily the smartest decision to do to help improve your performance and or health. I don't know all the, the data behind and or research behind fasting enough to kind of talk about it. I do know that there is some research that does support it in terms of various things, but, um, you know, don't go ahead and start copying Phil to do, you know, 24 hour, 36 hour fasts. <laughs> well, I mean, Phil has dramatically transformed his body over the past four or five years. I mean, he's lost, I think somewhere between 15 to 20 pounds. Uh, you know, part of it is he, he does have, um, I don't know if he's got rheumatoid arthritis or he's got yeah. some form of arthritis. I think he has um, psoriatic arthritis, yeah. I want to say. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, one is he, he's probably taken some medication prescribed by his rheumatologist. Okay. Um, and, and like Joe said, I mean, he, if he's doing it, I mean, he's really gotten the coffee, him and TPI's uh, founder, Dave Phillips run coffee for wellness. So, 
you know, <clears throat> but there's nothing magical or special about coffee. Yes, I love coffee. It's got some good health benefits, um, you know, and, and you can look up that that research on it because it's a, you know, we've had coffee around for thousands of years now. But uh, like Joe's saying, you can't do something that one player is doing. I mean, this, I mean, Phil Mickelson's got a team around him and he talks about at the end of the PGA, he's got a swing coach, he's got a, you know, a, a trainer uh, that works with him on mobility, strength training. He may have a nutritionist, you know, or he may just be winging it. I don't know. You know, uh, only Phil knows that. But don't go off something that, you know, somebody like, excuse me. You know, we've talked, we've talked a lot about, you know, what, what Phil does, what Bryson does, what, what some of these other players do, and it works for them. It may not work for you. So you got to find something that works for you and to work with professionals, whether it's on your golf swing or your nutrition or your mobility, your strength, your power, your being able to use transitions with momentum, acceleration, things of that nature. You know, we've talked about this numerous times on the monthly match and I'm sure with the guests that, that Joe has had on his podcast as well, they've talked about numerous things on these topics. So don't go at it willy nilly, but obviously, Phil's transformation over the past few years has been pretty dramatic. I mean, first two Champions Tour events, he came out, he won. You know, this year he played down here at, at Tucson at Omni National that used to have a PGA event. Now they have a senior event, and he almost won that one. I think he finished uh, tied for second or third, um, and now he's won the PGA. So obviously uh, the changes he's made in the past four or five years have paid off, but that doesn't mean that you should do those type of drastic changes as well. I mean – you know, Phil came out, they're playing the Charles Schwab Challenge. They finished today down in Fort Worth. Phil shot 73 in the first round. You know, he said, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't playing very well. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I wasn't going to play very well, but I won the PGA. So, but, uh, I mean, Phil knows his body better than anybody, just like you know your body better than anybody. So don't kind of willy-nilly it um, and, and sacrifice your health for, uh, small improvements. I mean, these improvements take time. I mean, this, you know, for Phil to get to where he was now, I mean, he's talked about it. A lot of players have talked about it. I mean, Jordan Spieth talked about, you know, when he was in a slump before he won the Valero, all the, the work that he put in. So, I mean, this is not something that's going to happen in two to three weeks. It's going to take months, even years uh, for things like that. So make sure you're you're doing it in an appropriate manner, more than likely with people who are specialized in certain areas. And then going off of kind of Phil winning that weekend, I feel like his win was quickly overshadowed by a leaked video of, uh, I believe, I think it was a Golf Channel yeah. interview with Brooks Kepka. Yeah, it was Todd, it was Todd Lewis with uh, Brooks Kepka. I think it was after Friday's round. Yeah, and if, if you haven't seen this, I don't know how you have missed it at this point, <laughs> but... Uh, Brooks was Brooks was being interviewed, and he was talking about how he was having a hard time reading putts. And you quickly hear a little muttering from Bryson DeChambeau as he walks behind Brooks, and then Brooks totally uh, loses his train of thought, rolls his eyes, and kind of blows up a little bit at at whatever Bryson had just said. And walk, and as he walked behind him, um, igniting the the fuel to the flame that is there feud and we'll go over that i i took some notes on their timeline of their feud yeah, if, if people don't know what that is but um 
tell me tell me what you think about this andrew i know you're a big brooks fan but i mean it was it was just a in a, a hilarious kind of outburst in an interview there well it's you know brooks is pretty straight laced but he's also very direct uh, about things and very direct about his uh his his criticism of certain things and obviously he wasn't very outspoken i mean this is a guy that was a great player at florida state played on the same team with daniel berger um, and then couldn't get his PGA Tour card through qualifying school, so went over to Europe, played the Challenge Tour for a few years, uh, did great there, won three times one year in the Challenge Tour, ascended to the European Tour, I believe it was 2014, won the Turkish Airlines Open out there, uh, came over to the States in 2015, won the Waste Management Open, and he's been on the, the tour ever since, but nobody kind of really knew him until he won the U.S. Open in 2017 at Aaron Hills, uh, then won the U.S. Open... Um, in 2018 at Shinnecock, uh, and then won the, the PGA at, at uh, Bell Reeve, and then obviously won the PGA that next year in 2019 at, at Bethpage. Uh, so he has become more outspoken as, as time has gone on, on things like slow play, um, on him trying to, uh, and, and this is kind of why the Bryson feud, he's been asked questions about Bryson. So he, I believe is the Northern Trust in, in uh, 2018 or 2019, was asked about slow play, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I don't like slow play at all. I mean, Kepka's a guy, give him the number, he'll, you know, he'll pick his club and he'll fire it. Um, and there have been times where he's shown some frustration on slow play, and this was one of those times, and, I, and it was believed to call out Bryson DeChambeau because there was a video circulating that week where DeChambeau had a four-foot putt, and it took him four and a half minutes to even pull the trigger on that. So apparently... Uh, DeChambeau got word of it, talked about his press conference, if him and Brooks want to have a, a conversation man-to-man. They talked with each other on the range with both their caddies there, um, and apparently it was very productive. Um, <laughs> and so some scenarios have been thrown out, like to Bryson, who would win in a fight now, Brooks or uh, Bryson? And he obviously said Brooks would uh, because of the, the tough guy and kind of the mindset mentality. But, uh, you know, Brooks has been asked questions about Bryson for a couple of years now, like are you gonna, you know, bulk up and do the things that that Bryson did, and Brooke point blank said no. You know, I've got enough length; it really doesn't matter to me. Um, and then when you know Brooks has been dealing with the injuries the past couple of years, Bryson has ascended. He finally won a U.S. Open uh, back in September, which he's going to defend, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, so I think Brooks is tired of answering questions about Bryson. Is kind of the reason that this feud continues. Uh, and number two, they are totally, two totally different people, right? Brooks is a straight shooter, shoot from the hip, uh, direct, doesn't beat around the bush on the golf course, off the golf course. Um, it is very low key in a lot of ways, doesn't get flustered on the golf course, doesn't get flustered with anything in life. Um, and Bryson is kind of the opposite. He's a little bit, he's got a little bit of Jordan Spieth in him where he'll talk to the ball, talk to you know, his caddy. Um, do some things on the golf course. He's very eccentric, very uh, analytical, logical, scientific off the golf course as well. So I think it's just the clash of these two styles. And I think part of the reason this continues, I think Brooks is tired of talking about Bryson. And, and not that Brooks wants to be in the spotlight, but I think he'd, he'd rather talk about things with him and how well he's playing compared to you know, Brooks's transformation, I mean, Bryson's transformation, what Bryson's doing and all this. So I think he's just kind of, part of it is he's kind of tired of talking about Bryson. And I think that's why this feud kind of 
kind of continues. Um, and I'm, and I don't, I don't know, Bryson probably rubbed him a little bit the wrong way with whatever he said. We don't know what was said walking by, but, um, it's just kind of a thing where, where Brooks doesn't necessarily care what Bryson's doing, but I don't, I think he's tired of talking about Bryson as part of the thing. Yeah. So just for anyone who doesn't know kind of the timeline of the feud, Andrew's right kind of started back in 2019 when Brooks was asked about slow play and um, that was seemed to be meant towards uh, Bryson taking too long. And then right after that, or relatively right after that, Brooks was in the, the body issue for ESPN and Bryson, Bryson decided to criticize his physique, Brooks's physique in the issue and Kepka pretty much immediately uh, clapped back with an Instagram post of him taking his four major, taking a picture of his four major wins of his trophies and said that he is just too short of a six pack. That is correct. Bryson. <laughs> um, and then there was the, the fire ants incident at the St. Jude invitational when Bryson uh, attempted to get relief. I guess his ball was near, uh, some fire yeah, ants, supposedly. And, uh, you know, I think he was playing with Brooks at that moment, I believe. And, yeah. you know, Brooks, of course, was kind of also fed up, I guess, again, for just having that take too long and was just ants, I guess. Anyway, yeah. the next day, I think Brooks, Brooks had said like, oh, I think I see an ant by my ball. And he actually his caddy went in to go look a little bit closer and he was like, dude, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, there's a couple of other things in there. Um, like when, when, uh, Bryson won the U S open this past year and Brooks was asked about it, if he watched any of it and he's like, nah, I didn't watch any of it. Um, and then obviously most recent was, was this interview, uh, kind of blow up supposedly from what I can see. I know it's kind of hard to tell if we can't really hear what Bryson had said, but I've seen some things of saying, I don't know if it's just been dubbed over, but Bryson, since Brooks was talking about it's hard, he's having a hard, he was having a hard time reading putts. I've heard some things where Bryson had said, well, you just got to start it on the right line as he walked by, um, which is pretty, pretty intense. I don't know if that's been dubbed over or what, but, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody knows what was said. And then obviously we'll talk a little bit about this probably towards the end if we have time. But, you know, the match coming up with Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Brooks said, you know, so sorry, bro, to Aaron Rodgers. And then Bryson responds, it's so nice to be rent free in your head. And then posted a picture with Bryson on the top of Brooks's hat. So um, things have continued. Also, another thing is they played in Abu Dhabi, I believe, a couple of years ago, and they had a kind of an informal uh, sponsor obligation where Bryson was holding a beaker and, and Brooks was holding a, a weight, and I think they probably kind of had some jawing back and forth, and uh, nothing blew up there, but I'm sure some words were said. Um, <laughs> and, I'm, and I don't know if Brooks wanted to be there. I, I'm sure Bryson did because, you know, Bryson likes – uh, doing some of these sponsors things and just kind of joking around and having fun. Um, uh, but uh, I'm sure th- this will continue as, as far as 
how much the feud will continue, I I do not know. Um, I I think I think Bryson is having fun with it. I don't think he takes it personal. Brooks, on the other hand, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, Brooks might be taking some of this personally, but we know Brooks. I mean, he likes to play with a chip on his shoulder. He likes to be motivated. I mean, obviously, you know, that's why he came back to the Masters. You know, he had a chip on his shoulder, wanted to win the Masters, uh, didn't do it, missed the cut, which was pretty rare, but we knew he was his knee wasn't in great condition. Um, and then had a fantastic showing at the PGA, tied for second with, uh, Louis Ustazen. So, uh, probably right now, obviously, uh, you know, Brooks likes to have fun, especially on Twitter or Instagram, uh, just with some of the things he posts. But, you know, I imagine he's prepping for the U.S. Open right now because I don't know. Uh, he may play the Memorial, uh, would be the only one that I could see as far as the tournament. But right now, it's probably as prep as the U.S. Open. And, and the same with, with Bryson. But, I think Bryson's having a little more fun with it right now than Brooks is, but I think Brooks is having a little bit of fun with it too. So um, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read into it too much, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a rivalry there for sure. Well, I think one thing too, to, to now take into account is what we talked about on the last monthly mash um, is the player impact program, right? So maybe they're somewhat doing this too, to just continue to increase. I believe it's their Q score, but like, I mean, all this is going to play a role right into them getting some more money. So why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they play into it? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you got $40 million on the table, you're going to try your hardest to to do something. And like you said, maybe you're right. Absolutely. I would, I would, I could see part of that too. Um, I think part of it is possibly that part of it is they're having fun with it. Part of it, it's rivalry. So there's just a combination of, of things going on because I think, you know, Bryson has ascended pretty quickly the last couple of years. Not that he wasn't a, a bad player, but he has elevated his game significantly and now a top 10 player. I think Brooks, I don't, I haven't seen the latest World Golf rankings, but I believe he, he was 12th the last time I checked. So he's just outside the top 10. He wants to get back to number one. There's no question um, that Brooks wants to get back to number one. He knows the, the way he can do that is, is playing well in the majors. And obviously that tied for second at the PGA uh, probably helped his, his ranking. I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen the world golf rankings lately, um, but uh, he wants to ascend back to the top and kind of be the, the guy. And I think this is another part of that little feud is they both kind of want to be the guy. Um, and I don't think Brooks wants Bryson to get there and kind of vice versa. So, Yeah. Well, before we get into um, maybe Bryson defending his U.S. Open championship, why don't we? There was another Tiger sighting. Um, I didn't take, I didn't examine too much of the picture, but he had his his boot off, right? Yep, yep. His yep. boot was off. He's still on crutches. He's got uh, what we like to call a compression neoprene sleeve, and. Uh, Basically, my guess on this, and, and Joe can also elaborate on it, we are healthcare providers. So, first off, take this with a grain of salt. We are not treating Tiger on his rehab. We're just going off a kind of a guess. Um, my guess is to keep that swelling down in that lower leg because, you know, he did have a fasciotomy uh, to reduce compartment syndrome. And I think probably with his rehab process, they're continuing to monitor that just so they don't get any excess swelling. Um, maybe part of it is for comfort for Tiger. 
just because he's transitioned out of the boot, even though he's on crutches, um, and, and just to reduce the likelihood of further su surgeries or something like any of the compartment syndromes in that lower leg would be my guess on that. Yeah, I mean, it's of course he's still going to be on crutches based on kind of what we assumed based off his injuries and his surgeries, what's going on. Um, but yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, trying to decrease the amount of swelling that's going to happen in the leg. And if, you know, anyone who's had a lower leg injury, it's really hard to keep swelling out because regardless of kind of what position you're in, unless you're in a kind of reclined position where your feet are above your head throughout the day, which is probably not uh, what you want to do and not encouraged whatsoever. It's going to be really hard. Your foot's always in a, what we call a dependent position. So it's always down and gravity is just always going to continue to pull fluid down, even though your body is going to circulate it back up. It's still not super simple. Um, but yeah, tr for him trying to keep that swelling down, is going to be huge, uh, just to make progress and continue progress as time goes on. But it's good to see that he's out of the walking boot now. So he's probably without a doubt, putting even more weight through his leg, I would assume. And he did, I think, make a statement just saying, you know, how hard physical therapy has been. And, you know, that's what he's really focused on right now. Um, and I think that just, again, goes to show, like, for anyone who does participate in physical therapy, whether it's post-op or you just have a regular injury, like, it's, it's not simple, especially if you're working with the right folks. And you do have to put in the work. Um, this is just a completely different topic, but you can't just expect to go to PT once or twice a week for whatever, 45 minutes to 60 minutes and assume all your problems are going to go away. You have to continue to do the work outside of the clinic as well, um, which we know Tiger is doing without a doubt, but he also has other implications, right? I mean, we're talking millions of dollars. He has lots of other incentives. He also doesn't have another job. Like that is his job, right? Um, so comparing that to a regular person is a little bit different, but just know that that takeaway is still the same. Um, and hopefully your PT or whatever team you're working with, your PTA, whoever it may be, is able to formulate a plan with you that works for your life and your lifestyle. Yeah. And, the, and you know, that, that is the thing. And, and I thought the other part of the statement was interesting was uh, I'm trying to learn just to learn how to walk again. I mean, Tiger's not different than a lot of the people we see in physical therapy, you know, post-operative. He's, he's trying to do normal stuff again. I mean, and that's crazy to think about. You know, obviously, we want him to get back to golf. But he's got to be able to walk and do things on his own before he can even attempt some of those things. So more than likely, he's probably been cleared to weight bearers tolerated. That's why he's off the boot. Um and he was probably weight-bearing his tolerated, but that's why he probably had the boot, too. Um, so all that means is he can put a decent amount of weight through it without trying to aggravate it. Um, and, and, you know, that's why he's working with physical therapy and things like that, because, you know, that's part of our schooling, whether it's physical therapists or physical therapist assistants, is to understand the guidelines and the protocols of surgeons or things like that, or just any restrictions if, if somebody just has an acute or they've had persistent injuries, things like that. And like Joe said, it's not easy. A lot of times I end up seeing individuals for somewhere between 12 to 20 sessions. So we're talking, you know, two times a week for six weeks or 10 weeks or something like that. I mean, 
it, it's not uncommon for people to spend months in physical therapy. And Tiger's obviously, he's been spending months in physical therapy. My guess is he's been doing it since March or April. You know, so he's at least a month or, or two months into physical therapy, uh, maybe just a touch longer. But, uh, you know, he knows how hard it is. He said it was one of the, it's one of the hardest things he's had to do. I mean, but he had a pretty significant injury. I mean, obviously, he's had some significant ones. And, uh, you know, the last time he, Torrey Pines had the U.S. Open, you know, he tore his ACL fracture and had a small, excuse me, stress fracture in his tibia, the lower leg bone. Um, but he was he was a lot younger. I mean, Tiger's he's forty five, approaching forty six. So, I mean, so this is this is a lot harder, and and he admits that, you know, and and we all want to see him doing well back to his prime, but he's got to learn to do things first. And you know, Joe, I know Joe has probably had it. I've had people that think they can get better in two or three visits, and it's like maybe you can, but. I mean, this is a pretty significant thing, and it's and it's going to take a while. So, uh, Tiger Tiger may be a little bit impatient, but that's that's normal, and that's what we see with the the populations we work with. So, um, but it, it like I said, it was good to see Tiger. It was good to see him out of that that walking boot. Obviously, he's still on crutches, so he's still got a ways to go. Um, but it's a good sign that that he continues to progress. So. Uh, hopefully within the next couple of months, obviously, I think his goal would be to ditch the crutches and to at least be able to start walking without what's called an assistive device. So assistive devices are things like crutches, walker, cane, um, or just anything that um, you need to help you with, with daily activities, basically. Yeah, at this point, I, I would say that he's still primarily working on a lot of... Um strengthening in an open chain position, meaning his, his leg is not on the ground. He's obviously working on walking and putting more weight through his leg. Um, he's obviously still like we talked about trying to learn how to walk back to back to again, without using an assistive device, like Andrew was talking about, which means he still has yet to do stairs independently without any help, um, up or down. I mean, there are lots of things that he still can't do that most people just take for granted. Um, and they're still, I'm sure he's still working on a lot of range of motion of, of the knee and probably most likely the ankle. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Um, which is going to be huge for him, but I mean, he still has some time to go. It's, it's great to see, like Andrew's saying the progress that he's made so far over time, but it's going to continue to, to keep going. And I'm sure he's, He's probably has a physical therapist every single day working with him. So, um, which wouldn't surprise me. No. But, yeah. No, hopefully he continues to do well. And especially, you know, that uh, kind of to get him more on the golf side, I mean, Steve Stricker, the U.S. Ryder Cup captain, has wanted him to be an assistant. So I'm sure Tiger would like to be close to um, – as normal as he possibly could for the end of September for that Ryder Cup out in Whistling Straits in Kohler, Wisconsin. So I'm sure that's part of his motivation. But like Joe's saying, he probably is a therapist, whether he's going to some sort of clinic or he has one that he's paying to come to his home um, because obviously Tiger has a home gym. So he can, that therapist would have no problem prescribing exercises or doing anything with him at his, at his uh, house. So, um, but I'm sure one of the goals is to, Obviously, he's not going to play in the Ryder Cup, but, um, you know, he'd, he'd like to 
be on the grounds and be as normal as possible and help Steve Stricker as much as he could at the end of September. So I'm sure probably that's one of his main goals right now besides walking is to uh, just be in a normal capacity around uh, his peers and, and do as much normal activity as he can that he's been trying to do, you know, for his entire life. Yep. Well, hopefully he continues to make good progress over the next few months. Um, but within the next month we have, uh, the U S open out at Torrey Pines. I believe it's within a month. Um, yeah, that's the, it's usually father's day weekend. So, uh, father's day is the 20th. So, so the 17th through the 20th of June, I believe are the dates on that. So gotcha. Yeah. So with, with that being said, I mean, we have Bryson defending his, his championship, um, which will be interesting to see. Um, obviously it's his first major, uh, that he's going to defend and he's been playing decently. Okay. As of late, but it'll be interesting to see how Tory Pines is set up. Obviously, you know, one of the best, if not the best municipal course in, in the country. Um, but it's always, always a challenging course and I'm excited to kind of see how players handle it and how it's, how it's set up and how it plays. That's for sure. Yeah. It's going to be much different than Wingfoot. Okay. So Wingfoot is in the Western part of New York and obviously, you know, very tree lined, very thick rough stuff like that. Not that Torrey Pines won't have it, but Torrey Pines is along the Pacific ocean. Um, so it, it will kind of play similar to Pebble Beach did a couple of years ago, obviously the showdown between Gary Woodland and Brooks Kepka. Um, but I saw bits and pieces of kind of the uh, press conference in April, you know, kind of the beginning U.S. Open press conference, not that it's the beginning of the week, but they said uh, the course setup guy for the USGA and Torrey Pines said they're just going to let Torrey Pines be Torrey Pines. Now it's going to be about, I think, 300 yards longer. I think it's going to be closer to 76. I think that uh, 2000, uh, what was it, 2009 US Open, it was 73. So it's going to play a touch longer, but they said they're not going to change a whole lot with it. I mean, they're they're going to let the rough be, um, they're going to let the rough, the greens be a certain way, um, only water them so much, probably cut the rough for the last time, probably on like Monday or Tuesday of that week. Um, and they're, they're going to try and create uh, as good of a U.S. Open as they can. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be different. And obviously it's, it's going to be similar to Kiowa in a sense that uh, with the winds off the Pacific, you know, Kiowa's on the Atlantic, but uh, with the winds off the Pacific, you know, when they go out in the mornings, I mean, they'll have an idea, but that'll kind of dictate where those tee boxes are, uh, where some of the pins are, um, and, and the course setup on day to day. Um, if they don't get a whole lot of wind, um, they may kind of stretch it out close to that 76. But if they get wind, depending on what it is, uh, they may back it off a couple hundred yards, uh, depending on the holes and everything. So. Um, but it, it, it should be a great U.S. Open once again. I mean, obviously Bryce is defending. Um, and then we have some, obviously, a bunch of high-level players going out there. And uh, one guy I know that would love to win it uh, out there because of where he grew up and where he went to college is Andrew Shoffley, a San Diego native, and played at San Diego State. And he would love to get his first major, especially at, at Torrey Pines, of course, that 
he grew up going to and playing a little bit. Yeah, I think we're going to have, you know, another good major to watch. Lots of guys are playing at the top of their game right now, and I think it'll be, as always, just exciting to see. I think everyone always kind of comes out, brings a, brings even more than their usual A, a game when it's a major championship. So either way, I always feel like at this point, it's I feel like it's anybody's game, really. Um, I feel like you're just almost, you know, picking a fish out of barrel and just saying like, oh, this guy's the winner this week. Just happened to be that way. Um, but it should should always, as always, be exciting. That's for sure. Well, yeah, and, and two guys that the fans are going to be behind, obviously I talked about Xander and then Phil. I mean, winning the PGA, he lived in the San Diego area for a long period of time. He's apparently, well, he lives in Palm Springs now, but uh, he is trying to plan a move to Florida. Apparently his house was delayed, but uh, very, very popular guy in that area. And he's going to be even more popular um, after the win. Um, and he won't need a special exemption now considering he won the PGA um, and he would love to add a U.S. Open trophy, and especially at Torrey Pines to him. The interesting thing I'm going to watch is a couple of guys uh, that are not at the top of their game right now, and, and it's hard to say. Number one is Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson has missed the cut in the first two majors. First number one player to do that since Greg Norman, I believe, in 95. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And, and, and obviously number two is uh, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas missed the cut uh, at – Kiwa, um, and has not played well since the players, uh, you know, had a, obviously he's had, still had a good 2021. He's second in the FedEx cup standings, but, uh, you know, he's, he's been working hard very much on his putting. He feels like his putting is the big thing. And I think it is because he's been, he's been driving it well. He's been striking the ball extremely well. He's a very good wedge player. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, obviously Brooks has got to be mentioned as one of the favorites. Um, Rory McIlroy, you know, didn't have a great Kiwa Island after uh, winning at Wells Fargo. Um, so can he get some of his mojo back? Uh, obviously, loves playing in majors. Has not won a major since 2014. Uh, and then looking at some other guys, you know, like John Rahm, uh, Patrick Cantlay, a California kid. Uh, he's kind of been a dark horse on our radar. Um, another guy that uh, a course like this favors or a good ball striker, Paul Casey. Uh, he's had a, a pretty good year for being um, in his early 40s, too. So there's a lot of guys uh, to think about. Like you said, um, Gary Woodland's had a resurgence, one at Pebble Beach a couple years ago, so very similar course. Uh, but it's it's hard to pick in, in major weeks who's going to win uh, just because of the conditions, and we don't know what it's going to be like until they actually uh, play out. Right. Well, why don't we go right from that major to uh, the match four? I feel like we've just been talking about Phil a lot, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, well, Phil, Phil is a is a highlight reel all in itself, and that's true. He played he's played a couple of these matches, so yeah. Yeah, but we have the match four coming up pretty pretty soon. I believe it's early July. At July sixth. Um, yeah. Yep, early July. Um, as Andrew and I were talking before we came on. It's going to be in Montana, and it's Phil and Tom Brady again, this time against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. Also, to add in to the the fuel between Bryson and Brooks, I don't know if you saw this, but I think um, Riggs from Barstool Sports 
has tried to line up a match against Brooks and who yep. would win. And now supposedly Riggs has asked uh, Bryson to be on his bag for that match. If that ever does happen, <laughs> which I had, I have forgotten about, but yeah, man, in the context of that, his Brooks Kepka is going to play left-handed. So that's right. Yep. Left-handed is for $250,000. Um, if Brooks wins, Riggs has to donate to his Brooks Kepka Foundation. I believe if Riggs wins, I can't remember the, the, but it's, it's for charity. Um, yeah. you know, so yeah, that would be hilarious if he's got Bryce and all oh, man, all the stare that would be, that would be hilarious. Epic. Oh God. But we have another match. Always exciting. They've, they've been pretty good. Um, I think it'll be interesting to, to, I mean, we know a lot about Bryson. He's kind of led us into his world a little bit more and his process. It'll be interesting to see him maybe just have a little bit of fun, but still be competitive. Um, especially when, I mean, they've changed up the match kind of scenarios and how they play uh, each, like they changed up yeah. a lot, like every six holes, but we'll see yeah. what they do for this one, but it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, is a pretty good golfer yeah. um, and yeah. it'll be think- good. Yeah, I think he's like an eight to a ten. Um, I don't. I I think if the lowest he would be might be like a five or a six. But he's a little bit better golfer than Tom Brady. But you know, Phil Phil wanted to partner with Tom Brady, so why not? Um, so I think on the the partner scale, I think Bryson has a little bit better partner. Uh, but it's it's really honestly, it's going to come down to Phil versus Bryson. Um, and I think the other interesting thing, Joe and I talked about this in the beginning, is the location of the golf course. It's in Big Sky, Montana. Um, so they're going to be at elevation, obviously. Uh, Moonlit Basin, which is a Jack Nicholas design course in which uh, Phil, Tom Brady, and some other uh, people are members at. So Phil and Tom kind of know the lay of the land, so they may have it. Uh, the rumor is... Phil and Bryson may be playing from the tips, which are close to 8,000 yards. There's a 777-yard par 5, I believe, on the back. But it's at elevation. It's kind of like here uh, where I live in Prescott. It's 53. It might be a little bit higher up in Big Sky. I'd have to look. But uh, it's going to be at elevation. So even if they play from the tips, it's not going to play that long. But it's uh, that's the other intriguing thing of this. But I think it... It should be fantastic. All the iterations of the matches have, have been fantastic. And once again, I would, uh, for the next iteration, whenever that may be, maybe this fall or early in 2022, excuse me, I'd love to see uh, kind of a mix with uh, PGA, maybe an LPGA uh, player. I think that would be really cool. I mean, I love that they keep mixing up the formats of the match, but I would love to see them have like LPGA players such as like a Daniel Kang or, um, you know, somebody along, along those lines. I mean, they got some good personalities and some really good players in the LPGA or like a Lexi Thompson or something like that. I think that'd be uh, a lot of fun for the next iteration of the match, but July 6th out in big sky, Montana, uh, should be a lot of fun. And I think, uh, Phil and, and Bryson and, and Tom and, I think it's just going to be a lot of trash talking and banter back and forth. I think it's going to be hilarious. And I will obviously be tuning uh, into that or at least catching the highlights for sure. I'm hoping, I'm sure he will be. I'm sure All Charles right. Barkley will be doing some sort of commentary <laughs> again. Yes. Well, tra- yeah, because it's, uh, I believe they're probably going to do it on TNT again. So 
you know, Kenny Smith, Ernie Johnson, uh, even Shaq and uh, Charles Barkley, because the last one they did down here where they got, you know, Shaq to put Chuck's face on some golf balls. I thought that was absolutely, that was one of the things about that whole thing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's, it's been great that they've been doing the, I mean, obviously they did, you know, they started because of the COVID thing um, and they, you know, well, the first one, they, they didn't start because of the COVID thing. It was Tiger versus Phil and it was fun. And then they, they've just kept evolving it. So I just love the, the evolutions of this. I mean, bringing Peyton Manning, Tom Brady for the second one, which I thought nothing against the third one. The third one was awesome, but I thought the second one was the best. I think this one, um, if it goes the way I'm thinking, this one might be the best one in my opinion, um, or it could rival the second one. Uh, because, and, and the nice thing is they've been at a bunch of different locations. They were at Shadow Creek for the first one. Um, they were at uh, Metalist for the second one. Then they were down here. Um, I can't remember the name of the course, and, and that's pretty bad because it's in my state here, in Oro Valley. And then they're playing Moonlit Basin and Big Sky. So I love the change in venues, the change in, in, in just the, the format and everything. I, I thought... It, it, it's been awesome. I mean, it's been it's been fun to watch. Not that PGA, LPGA, European Tour, Corn Ferry, Champions Tour, all that are not fun to watch, but this is just a fun little kind of sidebar. Um, and it obviously gets people interested. And um, it, it's it's just, in my opinion, this one's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. I think, you know, between well, we'll have the U.S. Open kind of just a couple of weeks right before that happens. So we'll see what happens with that. And then... Obviously, you have the two comparisons between Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, both being you know high level quarterbacks. Um, I think they're, it, it'll be good, and I think adding Bryson, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, nothing against all the rest of the guys, but to see him play and just um, again, I think just like you said, there's just going to be a ton of trash talk, um, which should be fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's you know, it, I mean. A lot of people, you know, whatever it is, they'll take away, you know, how Phil and Bryson played. They'll take away how Tom or Aaron played, the, how the format was, uh, the layout of the golf course, just the surroundings. Of the, I mean, there's so many things that people are going to talk about from this. And, um, you know, they're obviously, I mean, it, you know, one, I was shocked that they had already announced the match for. I thought there might be something in the fall. I mean, I, you know, because this is kind of the busy season. Um all the tours are in full swing. You know, a lot of these good events. I mean, the U.S. Women's Open's next week. You have the U.S. Open in a couple weeks. You know, all these things. And to add this to the summer, um, you know, it, it's awesome. I mean, when I saw that, I can't – it was like Wednesday or Thursday I think they announced it. I was like, oh, this is going to – like, all I can think about is if this turns out the way it is, this is going to be epic. Um, because I thought they – best case, they would have done something in the fall. But, I mean, kudos – to, to all these guys to want to do. Obviously, the NFL players in the offseason, these guys, you know, they're at the highest level of their games. They don't have to be in OTAs. You know, they're they're a few weeks away from mini camp, so they don't have to be, you know, and, and they can just have some fun. Um, and yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be really cool, and uh, it's going to be intriguing in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm excited just yeah. to continue to see more iterations of the match, even yeah. – there's going to be more iterations of the match. And like I said, I think the next one, if they did one, would probably be fall, uh, maybe even like 
like October, November, or early 2022. And like I said, I'd love to see like PGA, LPGA, or some sort of mixed uh, a thing I think would be the next, at least to me, the next logical step. I don't know what they're thinking because obviously I'm not the one that set it up, but that would be my desire uh, for them. Um, and obviously they'd be at a different venue. I don't, I don't care whatever venue they pick, but I'd love to see just a mixed uh, kind of match type format. All right. And with that, we will uh, wrap up the show. As always, we are always so grateful for everyone tuning in and listening to the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do that. We know that you could have been doing pretty much absolutely anything else, but you decided to spend uh, the last 48 minutes or so with us. And for that, we are very thankful. Um, But until next time, we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah. And just a quick note, um, you know, I know... A lot of times we ask for questions or comments. Don't be afraid to hit us up on Instagram um, or Facebooks uh, or, or just any of our social medias. Um, and next time we'll be in the middle of June. So if you guys have any in-season golf, fitness, performance, training questions, don't hesitate to ask us. I mean, obviously we'll probably be talking about the U.S. Open or even more lead up to the match as we find out details. But don't hesitate to ask us any questions, especially because – now in pretty much most places of the country, uh, you are probably playing a decent amount of golf, whether it's once, twice, or even more, depending on what you do or if you get days off or if you're retired or whatnot. So don't hesitate to ask us in-season training performance or things that maybe you're unsure of or you think might be a good idea. Uh, that's what Joe and I do. Um, and the reason, part of the reason we put out this podcast and part of the reason why Joe does his Instagram reels or videos uh, are to help you out with that. So don't hesitate to ask us any of those questions uh, because as we go forward with these next few monthly matches, uh, those would be great things to talk about on here. Yep. And for anyone who can see the show notes, you can get to any of our social links in the, in the show notes and they're directly linked. So again, you said, feel free to reach out to either him or I, or both of us doesn't really matter. Um, But yeah, all of that is linked up in the show notes. So if you don't know where to reach us at, there it is. All right, folks, we look forward to uh, being in your earbuds in, in about a month or so. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you would like to help out the show, we'd really appreciate if you could subscribe to the show, rate it, and then if you're willing to, write a review on iTunes or whichever podcast platform that you listen to this podcast on. It would be greatly appreciated, and like I said, would just really help out the show. But until next time, keep working hard, keep striving for excellence, because when you feel great, you golf great.